And welcome everyone to a new episode of the Transcript Podcast. You've got me, Scott Krisloff. I'm the editor of the Transcript, along with Eric Mokaya, who's our lead author. We sent out a new issue of the newsletter yesterday, and it's a relatively light week going on so far. There were a lot of retailers who were reporting Walmart and Target. We saw continuations of some of the things that we've been seeing, which are signs of pressure on the consumer. We obviously have interest rates rising. We have inflation. We have stimulus payments that are waning. And yet the consumer does continue to spend. So at a high level, we see a resilient consumer. But then underneath the surface, we're seeing some things that are troubling to me, at least, for instance, used car prices falling. Eric, any thoughts on what you saw? Cover of the quote that stood out is the one by Brian Moynihan that says that, you know, there's been a lot of debate in the past couple of months about the one recession. Are we in a recession or not? But I think what he said is that if people, people are feeling like they are going through a recession, so that's more important to them than whether we are in it or not. Uh, so I think they're adjusting the, in, the way they're spending in certain ways. The other quote that also stood out was the one from Walmart saying that the uh, people, especially the, the high income consumer, are actually going to their, to their shops to find, uh, to, to find value, I would say. So I'm not so sure. What's the, what's the perception of someone who's rich going to Walmart in the U.S.? Because it feels like from the quote, it feels like that's very significant. Yeah, I mean, I think like, what I am seeing is a lot of conflicting data. Like even in that Walmart quote where it talked about some higher income consumers trading down, we had several other quotes from other companies that were talking about not seeing any trade downs. And we've, we've been for several weeks now honed in on the lower income, income consumer and watching whether pressure is building on that consumer most. And I think it is, but we're not seeing like clear signal on what's going on with the consumer across income strata. Even at the high income consumer, we're now, you know, pulling out quotes from Walmart. And there was another one that talked about consumers making $100,000 a year starting to trade down, seeing more of that. And I think that this kind of dovetails with some conflicting information from the Fed too, or com conflicting message from the Fed as well, where they're talking about on the one hand, continuing to raise interest rates, that their fight against inflation is not done. But then on the other hand, they're saying that, well, we may slow the pace of interest rate increases. So there is like some hawkish sentiment and some dovish sentiment at the same time coming out of the Fed. You have the stock market rising in this, in this rally, people wondering, is it a bear market rally or the beginning of a bull market? And that's unclear as well. So I feel like we're kind of in this situation where there's just cross currents that are happening where it's not clear exactly what the signal we're looking at is. And that's making it a little bit difficult, but I'm sure it'll resolve in the next few weeks. We'll have clear signal. And I think also surprisingly also is that uh, even though in late spring, some of these two details that you saw there, they saw a little bit of spending slow down slightly. It's rebounded strongly in July. So again, it's really hard to tell where exactly we are headed in this market. I'm reading from the retailers. But one thing that is clear is that they're working through excess inventories, massively excess inventory, especially in pockets like apparel. So they're not selling that much. A lot of discounts being off and a lot of or selling a friend that this could be the best time to go and do shopping for clothes because there seems like to be a lot, there's a lot on offer. So I think lots of, lots of car retailers dealing with excess inventory, including Walmart, including Target. So they stuck with this and they hopefully, they, they are hoping at least by the end of this year to have dealt with some of those excess inventory because they're eating up into their margins so far. Yeah. So I think that that's clear. Yeah. I mean, another point of where we're seeing clear signal is actually, again, 
more on the negative side on the micro like micro comments that we're seeing around clearly consumer demand is weak in PC markets, consumer electronics markets, like that is an area where we're seeing clear signal from companies talking about weakness and demand there. And then on used car prices as well, this was a new area where there's potential catalysts that our readers and listeners should be aware of, which is that used car prices are starting to peak. This was an area where used car prices were really hot during the pandemic. And as maybe consumer demand is waning on these, its pricing pressures are coming down, as supply chains are healing, some of these used car, used car prices may be peaking as well. So companies that are affected by that, like the car dealerships, also the rental car companies are a lot of their value comes from the value of a used car in their fleet. Those are both areas where there could be negative catalyst. Would that mean also then companies are selling new car, new cars, then should watch out going forward? Because if, if used car prices are falling, that would mean that indirectly, even though we've not seen much in the quotes that next could be next to the chopping board could be the new car prices, right? Yeah, certainly. That's a place where my mind went as well, that companies like GM, Ford, all of the like electric vehicle companies that are the minor electric vehicle companies, uh, you know, if, if car sales are coming down, volumes are coming down, then you would expect those companies to also be potentially damaged by that. So I think something else that stood out for me was this, which you highlighted also as a catalytic key catalyst is streaming companies pushing into live sports. We know that live sports is usually pushed a lot by, like it's heavily supported by ads. ads. And now that Netflix is actually has been for a long time, has been resistant in terms of adding the, an ad tier. And now they've added it. Disney's adding it by December this year. Uh, Netflix will be adding it by next year, 2023. Uh, so I think uh, uh, that quote from WWE, you are very engaged in live sports and we've seen the value of it. Um, so I think they're, they're very clearly signaling that uh, since Netflix has made a beat for the Formula One rights, which ties in very well with one of the series that they had on Formula One and Formula One is proving very popular in the US and in other markets from the quotes that we've seen lately. So I think like there, there seems to be a strong push towards some of these companies actually finally ending up offering, offering live sports. Is that something that you... You, what struck to you? What struck you about that quote yourself? I think just the scale of the changes in the media space in general, and then the extent to which tech companies are really becoming broad media players. There was obviously, I think it was Dan Loeb is agitating to have Disney spin off ESPN. Yeah. And when I read this comment about the streaming players getting involved in sports, it makes me think about how the ESPN brand and the even the Disney balance sheet may not quite be enough to compete with like the likes of Amazon and Apple if they're competing in, in streaming sports as well. And so I think like the size of the competitors in the media space is, is increasing. It's changing. Yeah. So you can tell like from across the space, it's becoming a bit blurry what media houses actually do now. So Netflix, which was like for a long time, we associated it exclusively to streaming. Now it's jumping into ads and then jumping slowly, maybe evolving into becoming more like live sports. I think for a long time, all these companies thought they were actually competing for different spaces of the consumer's wallet. But now all of them are realizing actually they're competing for one space in the consumer's wallet. So the consumer is wondering, especially when, 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 they're, when the spend is actually being impacted by inflation and all, their first thought is about what can we cut. And for, when they're looking at what to cut, they don't distinguish between who's offering live sports, who's offering streaming. They just want to see, okay, where do I get the best value? 
And I think for that, then a lot of these companies are having to evolve in a very difficult environment. So I don't know what the future looks like, but streaming looks like a space to watch for a lot of changes that are happening in that space in the past couple of months uh, that you've been watching also very closely. Anything else that stood out for you? No, I think that's probably a good place to stop today. All right. Thanks for joining us this week. Next week, we have a special special newsletter covering the key, key things that we learned in Q, Q2. So look out for that and also as a podcast on our spaces in that regard. Let's see you again next week. Bye. Thank you.